the years years prior to having in Western Europe. And uh, one of the newspapers actually had really outraged headlines with some you couldn't get to this newspaper actually. And they said something like, the average Brit works an hour a day extra than the average German. And we were all stupidly outraged by this. But um, in amongst all the hype, there was this statistic. 24 million European games a year are lost due to work-related accidents. How do we avoid becoming part of that statistic? This morning we are continuing our series called Coming Alive, and we are looking at the topic of work and rest. And the background to this whole series is that Jesus' words um, recorded in uh, John chapter 10, verse 10, and he was talking about us, and he said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Well, 1.4 million working days lost to work-related stress suggests to me that many, many people are not seeing that promise of Jesus come to full in their lives. Today I, want to, today, I want to challenge us, not just with our life balance, but with our life overall, with the things that Jesus has announced to us overall. How can we flourish as a human being? And we're going to look to God's Word to help us. And as we do that, we see that the Bible starts with a story about work. God's Word is His great Word. And the very first chapter of the Bible talks about God working, creating the good things. So the land, the sky, the land, the trees, plants, animals, fishes, animals, birds, and then man and woman. And it was all good. It was amazing. And so this morning what we're going to do is we're going to read about the climax of that story. It's in the second chapter, the second book of the Bible, right at the beginning of chapter 2 of Genesis. It's quite easy to find in your Bibles, but it will come up on the screen if you do want to have a look at home. I just pray now that you would open up the truth of your word that we have read today, that you would encourage me and encourage us. Holy nature. Uh, he created us in his image, 
forcing combined Julia's late brother into single parent care. All this time, while they were in this changing and changing environment, and David, you know, found it safer. David only about thirty or so years, and he just came in there. He focused his thinking on his work, and he did it intelligently. And he managed to make things as good as they were. Nehemiah and Daniel are two people who are both in exile from their own country. They're terrible places to be in. Nehemiah must have worked really hard because he ran his own incredible business. I think he was building a tunnel. And that would have been an opportunity to go with the Jewish diaspora to go forth of rebuilding the wall. doesn't compromise on his faith with Richard. Yet he faces the threat of execution. But he sees the glory and the wonders of a holy God and his people. When we worship God with our lips, when we behave with integrity in our personal life, then people have an opportunity to see Jesus. Working full time, I found I rarely saw the members in my street. Um, I was commuting up to London, and uh, you know that was a long day. Um, so a good part of the day, I would have been home in daylight. But I had members at work, and people who were on a, a, a desk close to me. And maybe you had the same. Maybe you had, you know, somebody working in your shopping. They're working in the team with you. Or at least maybe you get to spend a lunch break on the coffee break with people. Or run into a young child on the machine. Or you have the chance to have a good conversation about the Supreme Order. Work offers us lots of opportunities to focus on Jesus. We can start by just taking an interest in people's lives. Do you know what is causing joy? or pain in your fellow worker's life at the moment. And you should feel able to take them and take them off Jesus Jesus' and that's great. But you know, how many people these days feel that really honest people are being misused by God? How dare you? So you have the opportunity to be that person at work, to have them who with Jesus can talk to them and be stirred to conversations and something a bit more wholesome. You have the opportunity to say, please and thank you, and speak to people that you come into contact with and they respond. Even the IT jobs. I always notice that nobody has managed to the help of people. that maybe I'm sick to death and I can't sit back and wait. I feel like I'm getting a bit desperate. Do you have the opportunity to be that trusted worker who always says what they can always do? Who arrives on time? 
in my life, maybe my work or whether my relationship, then there's a danger that I may just turn away from Jesus. So let's keep working together. This is not the place where we find our rest. Our rest and the good place where we rest is the Holy Spirit. Second rule of handedness is knowing the difference. If we're faithful at all life, and if we start to believe that all of our priorities are for Jesus, because of who he is, it's becoming an idol. We shared this before, but it's, it's worth repeating. This is a biblically godly way of looking at our priorities.
I don't actually have any living things. But, um, but if I eat it and properly every day of the week, and if I want meat with a bit in it, I love and trust that meat works. Then it's not working, and the living variables are a blind to your discernment.
Number one, I think the key thing to some of it is that more worries about our phone running now than we do about our body, our mind, our spirit running away. We need to learn what the warning signs are that we're laying up. John Mark Cronism, he has actually written a lot that's really helpful. And he writes this. He says we need to learn, relearn, how to power down and focus. Take time. Take a break. And for me, meditate is crucial. We forget that we're not in charge of how we are experiencing things. And you might say, well, Tim, do you just move on from all that reading in the NWA section of the I need to write that, and certainly Jesus challenged the religious people of his day on that, didn't he? But often, it's extremely provocative to do things on the Sabbath that they said were absolutely banned. And in Mark 62, Jesus actually says this about the Sabbath. He says, it's made for man. Man's not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is made for man. It's not to be a blessing. But I just want to say that in disposing of all that really unhelpful legalism, let's not throw the baby out of the bathwater and not have Sabbath rest either. So when do we stop? Let's just get this out of the way. Then we might not be the day when we can guarantee it. Because the Sabbath can only be found two days a week. So my day off is Friday. When I first came out to my friend's church, Friday was going to be my day off. They thought it was very funny. And they said something along the lines of, Cindy, you can't. Have you Cindy done a day off? What does it mean? I need a day that I don't have commitments, that I don't have commitments to do things. And what does your rest look like? Because we all carry rest in different ways. So last Friday, my day off, I pulled on my walking boots, went out and had a lovely wintertime evening, and enjoyed the weekend. That might not be your thing, I understand that. But today is just an example. I find being in a garden really nice. But others, some of you here, you might work physically really hard, but you might find a time to rest in your so I just encourage you to consider what what does it for you? What is your little place of rest? And then of course the killer question to follow that when did you last sleep? And if you have a spouse, have you ever just put the opposite down? Quote, one from John Mark says, Listen, he says, to a child who's sick to his 
Yeah. 